Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. Colossians 3, 15 through 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. This Sunday is, like Fab said, is Vision Sunday. It's a very different experience for us. Uh, For me, this is kind of an opportunity for me to kind of just share a little bit of a report of the church and what's happened uh, in this last year and what we see happening in the future. It's really helpful for for people like me because I am perpetually in the the future. uh, Jen loves this. When we are on our way back from a vacation, I'm already talking about the next trip. You know, like I'm not actually like just enjoying the experience. I'm already on to the next thing. And so days like like, like this are really important for people like me, because it forces me to stop and take account of like what's happened, what's happened in our midst over this last year, and that's really important. I, one of the most problematic things about being human is how forgetful we are, and so we need markers in our life to remind us, to make us stop and reflect, and, and today is one of those markers in time for us. And so we're going to look backwards and also just share a little bit of a vision for the, the last year. So as a church, we are not a, a community that obsess, that we don't obsess over numbers. We don't think that the church should be treated like a business uh, where all the metrics are the most important thing. We think people are the most important thing in the way that Jesus lived. Uh, he lived very, very counter-culturally, especially for the day and age that we are in. Uh, so we, we're not one that obsess over numbers, but numbers do tell a story. And so when I look over this past year, I wanted to share a couple of numbers with you all. Um, the vine has continued to grow over this last year, and our growth has been slow and steady. That, I actually think, is really, really healthy because we get to know who we are, and we'll be able to live with integrity as we invite other people in. And so this slow and steady growth has been really healthy for us. Our metric for our membership is we ended the year with 167 adult members. That's the largest that our covenant community has ever been. Uh, and uh, it's a slow and steady growth where we actually know one another. I, it's a delight for me to be able to pastor and say, I know all 167 people who are part of our church by name, and we also live that out as a community as well. Um, one of the greatest privileges, though, that we have as a church is not only these adult members, but what happens in those rooms back there, like right now. That perhaps is the most important thing that our church does with our Vine Kids ministry, with our Vine Youth, And so how many kids have been a part of the Vine Kids ministry? Well, this year we averaged 39 kids every single Sunday coming and participating in that ministry back there. When you think about that, 39 kids every single Sunday are experiencing uh, the, the hope and the peace of knowing God, the experience of being able to be known by these volunteers who care for them and love them. Over the entire year, how many kids have been through the Vine Kids experience? How many kids have been back there and experienced the ministry of Vine Kids? It's 166 kids total this year. Think of the honor that that is. 
when these children will be asked about what was church like, what was like your understanding of God like as you were kids, one day when they are asked that, they'll think about walking through these halls. They'll be thinking about that weird room with those dolls over there staring at them. Uh, hopefully, more importantly, they'll be thinking about these people who loved them and cared for them, who created a safe and inclusive culture for them and their families to be able to participate. They'll, they'll be able to think back how they learned to pray. They began to understand what Jesus' life and his, his story was all about. And for me, that is one of the greatest privileges of being the church, is being able to present that to our young young folks, giving them faces of volunteers who love them with compassion and care. This year, the Vine community also began uh, a revised uh, version of our Vine youth program. With a handful of, of committed volunteers, we've created space for our youth to go and experience God's word together and, uh, in a community of care as well, and that's happening uh, right now. Now, when we think about our worship services, for better or for worse, the front door of our church is now online. It's hard to imagine this, but just a few years ago, if you wanted to go experience a church, you would get dressed up, you'd look up a map of where that church was, you'd show up, and within the first two minutes, guys, you would know exactly whether or not you wanted to bolt out of that room or not. But you were already there. Right now, you might be wanting to bolt out of this room. I don't know. Uh, they're, they're, but the experience now is you can visit churches online by being able to go online to see a service, to be able to see their website, be able to get a feel for it. And so the front door of the church, for better or worse, is our online presence. And when I talk to new people about how they first connected with our church, usually it's through Google, YouTube, Facebook, or something like that. And so those metrics are important uh, as a point of connection. So our YouTube channel this year had 2,300 2, views of our worship services. So 2,300 hundred times people logged in, whether to check us out or because they were gone and removed, but they were able to experience a worship service remotely. When you think about Facebook, um, what is our presence there? That's a good question. I can't quite figure it out because it's really hard to get good information, but guys, it's huge. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, we actually have a bigger reach, not through these videos or through YouTube, or Facebook, our greatest reach is actually through our podcast, which is interesting. I'm baffled by how many people have connected to our church through the podcast this year. This year, we had uh, 15,700 listens, which is pretty wild for me. That includes countries like Costa Rica, Hong Kong, Slovakia, Saudi Arabia, and many other. It's profound to me that when someone wants to know more about the book of Jonah in Iceland, they listened to a podcast from this little church in Austin, Texas. But that is a part of our church's ministry and one that I think it's, it's good for us to, to celebrate. What we do in our worship service and our sacred experience, it does matter, but it's not the extent of what matters most to us. What matters most to us is the relational connection that we have to one another as an expression of our connection to God. So we believe in the power of significant friendships, and we try to orient our church around these relationships to fo foster meaningful friendship. And so whether it be in our vine groups, our interest groups, or our cohort experiences, this year we've had the opportunity to gather around God's word and the life of Jesus in relationship with one another. And this year we've had 166 people participate in one of those relational experiences, the vine group cohort experience or interest groups. So 
Uh, I love what we do, we gather in this space, but that's actually really, really important of us being the church outside of this dedicated hour and this dedicated space. So that's something I'm, I'm celebrating for this year. When, when I reflect on 2023, I also think of the things that we've learned together, all that we, how we were formed and shaped this year. I think about uh, the Overlooked series that we looked at the women of the Old Testament and how we so easily overlook their stories and their testimony, and uh, to demonstrate that, we also overlooked a picture of a beautiful old woman uh, right in the hallway uh, for weeks. And Jack, yes, yet last night asked me to, if he can have that portrait of me dressed up as an old woman on his wall. I'm, I'll get to that, Jack. I'll get to you, buddy. We also had our, uh, our Lenten series of soul care about learning how to be soul-filled people. We had Stations of the Resurrection about how Easter is not only a day, it's a reality that we should be living into. We talked about the vine's distinctives, about trying to live into the culture that we believe God's creating here. We had moments of, uh, with Jesus where we had people be able to share their encounters and experiences with Jesus. Seek first, we talked about seeking a different life with Christ. The book of Jonah, we studied that, uh, in each of those four chapters. And then this, this last season of Advent, we talked about what does it mean to be embodied People. What does it mean that Christ came to us embodied, and how does that form a dignity of the human experience? When I look at all of these sermon series, all of this it makes me just grateful for how we are being formed as a community. And as a church, you know, some churches, they are like, you know, we pride ourselves on being verse by verse as a church. We're going to walk through scripture. That's really, really important. Um, and we try to do that like with books like Jonah. But we also think that it's important to uh, be able to address the needs of our time and our culture. And so I hope as you see this too, that you see a high value for the Word of God, a high value for the opportunity for us to follow Jesus. Also, you see uh, a high value of being intellectually honest with our faith and creating space for us to bring our questions and our doubt with one another and that we are seeking to be authentic to what we believe that God's doing in our midst. So that's not only like something that we espouse or we believe, but we hopefully are demonstrating that in what we are learning with one another. Does that make sense? Um, I wish we had time. If, if we were at a dinner table, I would pause right here and i go, which of these are staying with you? Which of these series has stayed with you and impacted you? But we won't do that now because this is a worship service. But that's okay. I just, maybe for you, maybe that's a time for you to reflect of like, what has God been teaching you through this year? What stayed with you? Um, can we talk about our parties though for a little bit? Because I think we're a church that enjoy throwing parties. Think about all the unknown pounds of crawfish that we consumed, the chili that was made, the candy that was hidden in Easter eggs out front, the Christmas cookies that Louise made. Think about all these parties. How many pounds of donut holes have we consumed this year, people? It's amazing. I love it. That's a th good thing to reflect on. We also have a high value for uh, following Jesus with generous compassion. As a church, you help serve our city through acts of compassion and generosity, through acts of mercy. Because of your financial giving to the vine, um, our commitment is that 10% of what comes into this church leaves this church as an expression of ministries of mercy. And you were able to do that. You, we were able to provide through your giving over $50,000 to the needs of our city and our community through local nonprofits and organizations or particular needs of people 
that are connected to our church. Even this Christmas, this Christmas Compassion Grants that you all filled out, here are a couple things that you were able to provide for. You assisted a single mother with her child's tuition. You're helping someone with the ability to see their grandchild for their first time. You helped a community member experiencing a housing crisis be able to find a way. You provided job training for a single mother for classes who wants a career in baking. You were able to provide for that. You allowed a family struggling to pay for daycare to be able to provide that for their family, for their child, so that they can be able to go to work, and so much more. I mean, for when I think about that, I'm like, just what a privilege it is to be able to be this kind of church together. Uh, for me also, when I look at 2023, it'll also be, uh, for me, as I reflect on this year, be marked by the, the gift of the sabbatical. If a sabbatical is a time of reflection and renewal and joy, when I reflect on this year, all those boxes were checked incredibly well. And a shout out to Claire, who made the sabbatical an actual sabbatical. This is Claire, uh, a member of our church who came with us on our sabbatical. I wish that she was here. Oh, man, she would have loved that. One of the gifts of sabbatical, though, is that it's not only about uh, the pastor or the family, but it's also about the church. The ch- one of the gifts of the sabbatical is the church continues to be the church without that pastor. And for the vine, that meant that you continued to be the church without any full-time employee or any pastor. Fabs and the staff and the leadership stepped up. People in this community gave the message, gave the sermons. And the amazing thing is that this church didn't just continue. It actually flourished. Like people <laughs> joined the church without ever meeting the pastor. Like when I came back, I was introducing myself to new church community members, and they had never met me. And that brought, like, so much joy for me because the church is the church. Like, in what you demonstrated this summer for me is that uh, the vine is the vine because the culture that has been established, what Christ has created here, I'm a part of that, but I am not essential. And that is in a beautiful, beautiful gift. It's a beautiful thing that this church has its own life and its own essence, and I'm just so thrilled by that. I'm just curious for people in this room, how many of you got connected this, uh, this, this year, in 2023, who are newer this year? Okay, so just a demonstration of all that those who are gathering now. I'm just so grateful that this year has been marked also by your presence here. So from my vantage point, Uh, This year, 2023, was an incredible year. We expanded our reach as a church. We deepened our ministry. We created a refuge for many. And for that, I would like to stop and just give God some thanks and praise. Uh, Looking forward, uh, I remember before going on sabbatical, someone was like, so how do you feel like everything's going at the church before you leave? And I was like, it's the best we've ever been. It's the healthiest our staff has ever been. Uh, and when I got back, I had this weird suspicion, uh-oh, I think some things are about to change. Like, I think part of the gift of sabbatical was to get some rest because some things are about to change. <coughs> and that's taking place. Um, one is that our beloved and gifted Katie Fike is stepping down. And Katie started working here August 16th, 2018. So that's five and a half years. Uh, a lot's happened since then, Katie. I think this has been a different experience. When Katie stepped on this role, um, she had been working, like, editing copy and that kind of stuff. So her stepping into the director of communications was, was a, a, a shift for her. And she has spent the last five and a half years 
updating websites, learning to be a graphic designer, thanks to Canva. She has, uh, we have transitioned to be able to be an online church. We went through COVID together. (laughs) Guys, we used to put my cell phone on a tripod on the front row and just live stream from there. And whoever was sitting right behind it would be like the main worship leader. Like, (laughs) lots happened over these five and a half years. But she spent uh, these years uh, proof, proofreading my illiterate writings and crafting emails and t- telling me that I am now wrapping these chords incorrectly, uh, all that's, that's required to make this happen. Uh, though she is often behind the scenes, Katie has been the uh, unspoken backbone of our staff and providing steady, godly wisdom and counsel and more than anything else, friendship and partnership and Katie On behalf of everyone, but especially on behalf of myself, I want to say thank you. Can we all thank Katie, please? Also, Fabs, when I got back, Fabs uh, was such a huge part of this summer being the summer, like you guys know. Uh, She just led with such grace and with such wisdom. Uh, She also shared that she would uh, like to shift roles, uh, moving away from more of an operations role. Fabs has a gift towards discipleship, and she has a longing for people to experience in a very safe space the ability to grow with God and be able to take next steps in their relationship and their apprenticeship with Jesus. And so Fabs uh, uh, was shifting into a new role around spiritual growth. She'll be directing those ministries within our church She'll still be a part of our preaching team. As you guys know, she's a gifted teacher and a preacher and a leader. And so she'll be stepping into that role. Where is Fabs, by the way? Hi, Fabs. There she is. Can we please thank Fabs as well? We have an awesome team, y'all. So those are two changes that are happening right now, and that also creates some vacancies. And so... We, like you guys know, began our search for our director of operations, that, and we have some exciting news to share, and Cecilia will do, share that news later on in our vision meeting. Uh, but also, as our church grows, um, we believe that we are in need of a new role in our church, of a, a pastoral role, associate pastor of community that would focus on our small groups, our events, our integration process, as well as our compassion team about how are we getting out of our community and into that community, into our beloved community serving um, as as an expression of Jesus, and then finally, as this person could be the chief supporter for our youth ministry, our growing youth ministry, and Cecilia Cox will, she'll share more about that in her HR report later on. But lastly, I just want to say, um, as I look forward to 2024, uh, I'm so excited about what we have planned, because when I... When I'm personally stepping into 2024, I'm not sure if I'm alone, I have a little bit of anxiety about this year. And I'm like a overly optim- optimistic person, like to a fault, like I'm blowing sunshine at everything. And I'm walking in this year with some angst and apprehension, uh, some anxiety in myself when I look at out what I see going on in this world with the fact of what's going on in the Middle East, the war and the conflict there, the just assumable backdrop of what's going on in Ukraine, it's just the callousness and the fatigue we have around that, as well as the culture war issues that are, you know, Austin in many ways is an epicenter for some of those things. 
And of course, the election cycle uh, that comes before us and, you know, four years ago, the, the feelings that we went through and the experiences we went through, um, I, I just am filled with a little bit of anxiety. Um, and rather than choosing a path of, of despair or apathy even, I think that it's times like this that Christ is actually calling the church to step up into a different role. It's actually times like this where the church needs to be the church. And for me, especially the church needs to learn what does it mean to be a peacemaker? What does it mean to be a peacemaker in a context of anxiety, angst, despair? I think, uh, I think this is essential for followers of Christ in this day and age. So beginning next week, we're going to begin a prolonged series exploring what does it mean to be a peacemaker in this day and age. We hope that this series doesn't only highlight the biblical and the Christ-centered role of being a peacemaker, but it'll be practical in nature. It'll provide us tools for peacemaking that we can exercise in our own life and our own relationships. Because I think many of us have a longing, like a longing to not be a spectator or a bystander, what's going on in this world. We want to do our part to bring some peace, but we often feel really inadequate and ill-prepared to do so. So our hope is that this series, we're going to start next week, and it's going to take us all the way through Easter, that this series is going to meet us with those longings that we have to give us courage and tools to be a, with, with spiritual imagination to play our part to follow the Prince of Peace. And a part of that, this, finally this, this spring, I'm going to be leading a trip for anyone who wants to join me this spring, building off of my experience uh, of the sabbatical, we're going to study the life and the legacy of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And then we're going to actually go. We're going to go together. We're going to go to Selma. And we're going to retrace the steps of the march that ignited this movement. We're going to go to Montgomery. We're going to go to Legacy Museum, uh, which many people say should be a required experience for any American. And after I went there, I would agree with that. So we're going to go to Montgomery. We're going to go to some experiences and sites there, as well as that museum. And then finally, we're going to go to Atlanta. We're going to go to the King Center, uh, and we're going to go and worship that Sunday morning at Ebenezer Baptist Church, the historic church where Dr. King filled the pulpit. And we're going to go on this pilgrimage not only to retrace his steps, but also to learn how to step into our own story of peacemaking that Christ still wants to do in our midst. And my prayer is that this spring and this new year, that we will discover the longing that Paul had for the church, the Colossians church. His prayer that we read earlier, that the peace of Christ could rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. That's my prayer, is that, that Christ's peace could rule in our hearts, so that as one body, we could experience our calling to peace. I love this church. One of the greatest honors of my life is watching this church uh, and all that Christ is doing here. And I'm thrilled about this year. So here's the 2024. We hope you found this message encouraging. If you would like to learn more about The Vine, get connected to our community, or contribute financially to The Vine's ministry, go to our website at thevineaustin.org.